Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, LeBron James puts out a heroic effort, but it wasn't enough. Lakers lose game four. The season is over. We'll break it down next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everyone for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always going to be free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. And uh, Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where all of you guys have gone all season long, all throughout the playoffs, uh, to support that channel. Over 17,000 subscribers. We thank you very much. Uh, and and uh, I think a, a bunch of people, Andy, who are, are going to be Disappointed, obviously, in the results of Monday night's game four. The Lakers lose 113-111. They are swept out of the Western Conference Finals by Denver. Season is over. But overall, Andy, a lot to be proud of, uh, I think, if you're a Lakers fan, uh, and a lot to be excited for, and we'll get into a lot of it in a second. Want to let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, So plenty of interesting stuff following the game, including some super cryptic uh, and, you know, know, they say the writers are on strike, Andy, but LeBron pulling out some really interesting cliffhanger material at his post-game press conference. Um, Anthony Davis spoke after the game about needing to be better and, you know, all kinds of stuff happening. But I think first and foremost, you have to talk about the game that LeBron James played in this loss, all but four seconds of this game, he was on the floor, 40 points. I mean, blood and guts all over the hardwood at crypto.com. It was an incredibly impressive performance. Yeah, uh, 40 points on 15 of 25 shooting from the field. He, in the first half, absolutely lived in the paint. The Lakers were running everything through him, posting up. They got away from it some in the in the second half for a lot of the third quarter and some of the fourth. Um, whether because they grew undisciplined, whether because it was a lot for LeBron to sustain. Denver started, I think Denver too defensively did a little better job. They did, but I, I I think it was more what the Lakers were doing than what Denver was doing. Um Fair. And there could be a lot of different reasons. This, by the way, is in, in just a dis- Lakers led by 15, disastrous third quarter where they're outscored by 20. Yeah. Hard to lose a 15 point lead and be down by 10 by five uh, in just 12 minutes, but they managed to. We'll talk a little bit about that, but it is, I think, in a lot of ways secondary to what we're talking about now in LeBron. Well, I mean, uh, the reason though, I think it really directly matters in terms of mentioning how they went away from it is is there's a direct correlation between LeBron James's first half where he really carried the Laker offense 31 points, 11 of 13 from the field, plus four assists. You could argue he basically was the Laker offense in the second half. A lot of guys struggled to get shots to go down, struggled a lot of times just to get sets to move. Jeff Van Gundy and and Mark Jackson commented a lot during the game, and I think they were correct. There were way too many possessions where LeBron – barely touched the ball or flat out didn't um the lakers got things going again in the fourth quarter it it became like a like a heavyweight fight with uh 
both teams throwing haymakers down the stretch. It literally came down to the final possession where LeBron drove into the lane and got tied up. Like that's yep. how close things got. But one of the few back- clean, like genuinely clean plays, Jamal Murray got his hand on the ball. It was just yeah. a really good defensive play. Yeah, but you know, back to LeBron. Plus 10 rebounds, 9 assists. Defensively, he took back-to-back charges from Nikola Jokic. He had one possession where he absolutely put Jamal Murray in jail while guarding him on an island. Like This felt like – I tweeted this out during the game at Cam Brothers. This felt like as heroic a game as LeBron has played as a Laker. Just when you think about the toll that he was willing – to put his body through in order to try to will this win. like It's a cliche to talk about guys leaving it all on the floor, but this really felt like a game where LeBron quite literally left it all on the floor. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like, yeah, I know, look, there's a lot of disappointment losing uh, a 15-point halftime lead. Um, Certainly the Lakers didn't play – at a consistent level in the second half, they blew an opportunity to win. Like, you know, even if you want to say that they really let Game Three get away from them, you know, they were in all, you know, all four of these games in the fourth quarter, and they were in three of the four in the final minute. So, like, they had a lot that they were playing for, and they, you know, they played through the tape in this one. Um, they played hard. They played admirably, but. You know, you watch this game, and part of the reason I wasn't super mad about it, you know, super frustrated, is because with the amount of effort that it was taking LeBron to get through it, like I don't, I don't know if they could come back and and won Game Five. Like this is like this felt like LeBron trying to win the game at home to avoid the sweep and 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 keep a potential miracle alive. But I don't think there was a happy ending at the end of this 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 uh, rainbow here, like. The Nuggets were clearly, unequivocally better. They're just better. I mean, and even in that first half, Andy, I thought when the Lakers built that lead, it was LeBron, 11 of 13. That's hard to uh, reproduce in the second half. The Lakers were 6 of 10 from three-point range. Um, I think they hit two three-pointers the rest of the game. And Denver started 3 of 13 from three. Like There was just a lot going on where you – where you felt like this is not sustainable, if not in game four over the course of the rest of the series in terms of is this something the Lakers could – I just didn't think it was there. The Nuggets were better. I mostly just tried to watch and enjoy LeBron for most of this game. Yeah, LeBron said after the game that he and AD talked before everyone did their post-game media, and they said that these Nuggets, they may be the best team that they've played in the four years they've been together as teammates, when you take into account just how well constructed they are, their shot making ability, their playmaking ability, their collective intelligence, the fact that you can't make mistakes against Jokic. Like, and, you know, LeBron, LeBron really respects Jokic's basketball IQ, his ability yep. to see, you know, like, the whole board and then some like it's very clear hearing him talk after the game that Jokic in that sense reminds him a lot of himself and LeBron does not he does not throw around basketball intelligence comments like at that level loosely but you can tell that he really 
admires the way Jokic plays the game, sees the game. Like, and look, like I, I tweeted out uh, at Cam Brothers afterwards, like this is disappointing. But the truth is, at least from my perspective, and I think people know this, I am a big-time Laker fan, IRL, you know, well before I ever did this, you know, as a living, you know, Denver's a really, in my opinion, they're a really hard team to dislike. Like, they're really talented. They paid their dues as a group. Jokic is incredible. Jamal Murray overcame a really bad injury. You know, KCP is a former Laker champion. There's not a lot of bleep talkers among them. They don't no. act like they're better than everyone else. Like, yeah, my, you know, Mike Malone's nobody believes in us <laughs> shtick. I'm sure that got old for a lot of Laker fans, but I think it's – I think he was really looking – look, Mike Malone's a bit of a red ass, to be honest. That's just sort, a of, his a sort of his personality. But I think he also was looking to keep his team on edge. Right. And by the way, there's there was enough there actually were enough elements of truth in this. We we've talked about it through the series, you know, in terms of the nuggets sort of being ignored and you know disrespected in certain ways and whatever. Is it you know hyper hyperbolic for what they were all saying? Mike Malone and Michael Malone, Michael, Michael Malone. Don't call Mike Mike Michael Malone. I find Mike funnier. Uh, <laughs> M Dog. Uh Mike. He also looks more like him. He looks more like a Mike Malone than a Michael Malone. I agree. To be honest, you. I happen to agree with you. But um, you know, it's uh, it, he he did not invent this. Like he is not the first person to invent the nobody respects us. No, he's kind just of extended thing. it longer than the reality. Right. But it was it's, really it's in, extremely online. It just right. all feels really hyper it, online. It was rooted in something real. I mean, look, I think both Vegas and certainly the. NBA community of analysts, they all favored Phoenix heavily heading into that series. You and I didn't, but no. most NBA media, and I believe Vegas as well, heavily favored uh, Phoenix. And look, Den- I think Denver's got a real chance at winning it all. Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, Boston comes back, which I don't think they will. And I think this team is better than Miami. And I agree with LeBron that this NAD, that this is the best team that they have played. Um, we need to talk about AD. We need to talk about what LeBron said at the end of his press conference. You can talk about, by the way, too, uh, some of the moves Darvin Ham made yes. in this uh, game because they were interesting. Um, and and just you know, kind of reflect a little bit on – because we got, you know, officially a lot of – not just this week, but through the offseason to get into D'Lo and get into Anthony Davis's, you know, if you're, what, else, what are they going to do about bringing the team back? Are they going to go get Kyrie? They got We've got weeks – to dissect a lot of these things. So we're going to spend more time talking about what happened tonight and where this team uh, finished from where they started um, because it's important. And so we'll get to some of that stuff next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Game Time. And years ago, some friends of mine and I, we went to go see LL Cool J in LA, House of Blues, really last minute, didn't know how to get tickets, bought it from a scalper. They were fake, people. Um, We ended up getting into the concert through some random luck. But after that, I'm like, won't. Deal with that situation again. You don't have to because of game time. This is why I love it. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy shows, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun. I love how they offer images of the seat views. It's really important. The lowest price guarantee, the event cancellation protection, job loss protection. 
And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps. The tickets go directly to your phone. Then you're set. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code locked on NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. The terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code locked on NBA for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, so I mean, I agree with you. Watching LeBron in this game was was pretty impressive. Uh, it was one of those things where just as like a human drama kind of story. Um, it was, it was, it was amazing. And both you and I have kind of, it's, it is, it is always endlessly fascinating to me to watch older athletes um, in these situations. You know, I forget who it was asked him after the game, Andy, that, you know, like once again, you, you, you beat, you beat down father time or I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, you know, what, how do you reflect on your 20th year? And I'm, like in it, I could, you could sort of see at least it looked like to me, LeBron, you know, he didn't acknowledge that like he lost that battle, but like in his head, you could sort of see him, to me at least, going like, and I certainly was wondering, I don't know if he, he, he beat, defeated Father Time again this year. Um, I guess he did, but Father Time is is closing that gap, um, and and I feel like LeBron recognizes that like you know, he talked about availability he talked about um you know his his um you know how he just the the difficulty and the, the fatigue and all that and then he finished his his press conference with quote i've got a lot to think about just for me personally going forward with the game of basketball i've got a lot to think about i mean look lebron's now been with this team for five seasons so he was 15 years in when he joined, which means by any normal human being standard that is already in a battle with father time and where LeBron used to beat father time and what felt like, you know, your older brother Tyson Spinks. (laughs) Yeah. Now it's honestly, LeBron may survive these battles, but they feel more like a street fight. You know what I mean? Like, LeBron's leaving these fights with Father Time. Maybe he can walk off under his own power. Maybe it doesn't feel like either one of them truly knocked out the other. But LeBron's walking home, and you're seeing him walk through the door. You're like, dude, what the hell happened to you? Like, yeah, it's, it leaves, it leaves it's, a mark. It's getting harder. And again, it should because people are not supposed to be – even the best basketball players – Ever, you're not supposed to be performing at this level. And as much as you know, I've talked about during this series that there have been times where it's felt like LeBron has not been able to elevate to superstar level in a way that the team has needed. And the fact that he is older and the fact that you can't expect him to be able to do it doesn't change the fact that they've needed it. It also doesn't change the fact that it's still impressive. Like all of these things can be true at the same time. But tonight, man, was just, it was pretty amazing. It was a pretty amazing performance. We will obviously reflect a lot. I mean, both of us actually want to make sure that we give 
a little bit of time for that quote to breathe um, before making wild speculations about what he meant. Um, but what, I mean, just because, <laughs> like, if you really wanted to go to the extreme, you'd be like, LeBron's thinking of retiring. Like, that was the kind of game that you you do if you think that might be your last one. Like, you leave everything out there and, and so on. I don't think that's what he's talking about. But, you know, it, it was it was a cliffhanger <laughs> in terms of uh, an end of season, like, especially for a guy who may or may not do an exit interview. That might be the last we hear from him until next year. I mean, look, the people are going to speculate on everything from – LeBron retiring or at least mulling retirement to LeBron trying to continually apply pressure to the front office to do the things that he thinks are needed to keep the Lakers at a championship level to make it worth his time to I've already seen speculation on Twitter that LeBron just does not want the night to be about the Nuggets. You know, he will not go quietly into the breach, so to speak. So, yeah. I mean, who, who knows? Who knows? Like you said, I we both want to wait to see if there's anything more said, or even if sources close to LeBron clarify if something it. gets clarified. Right. Yeah. Be- before we get too crazy. Plus, we had a lot of time in in the, in this summer. We don't want to use up all of our speculation now. Right. And look, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Like, we are like everybody else. We heard. I heard that quote at the end. I was like. Sorry, what? <laughs> Excuse me. Like that was that was some deep reflective stuff he was getting into. We're just not sure what he was being deeply reflective about. Um, in the same way he talked about, um, you know, or I guess sort of refused or passed an opportunity when asked about, you know, next year and bringing the roster back. I mean, he talked a lot about next year, so it's not like he, you know, didn't answer questions. What he what he didn't do though was say. You know, definitively, I would love to see this group brought back next year. He said, you know, we don't have a lot of guys under contract, so we'll see, you know, what the team looks like. And I think that's just a the habit he's gotten into of refusing to wade into any of these discussions. It's keeping his options open. It's keeping pressure on the team. It's keeping the Kyrie door open. Unless it's all passively, aggressively lobbying for the players he once traded to the that's team. That's different. No, that's Like Anthony different. Davis or Kyrie. Right. That's much different. That's yes. different. Um, but this was much more a case of, um, just not, I think, getting into that thing because, you know, if Kyrie is available, yeah, I think LeBron's going to be interested in that depending on what it looks like. Um, AD was save about four minutes in the fourth quarter. Not very good. Um, I thought on Monday, um, that is worth a couple minutes, and we'll talk about a couple other things that, that Darvin tried, and we'll get back to that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Prize Picks and Laker fans. If you haven't signed up for Prize Picks yet, you're missing out on daily fantasy made easy, along with the $1 million daily Superflex promotion. Every day of the NBA playoffs and finals, one Prize Picks user will win a chance of becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time will be randomly selected each day, and whoever placed that entry will be given a six pick flex. With the following payouts, six correct picks, a million bucks, five correct picks, 80 grand, four correct picks, 16 grand. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million dollar entry. And once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal and you could be the lucky winner. PrizePix has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. More NBA props than any other DFS prop, prop operator. Just pick 
two to six players and predict whether they will notch more or less in their prize pick stats projection. You can win up to 25 times your money. Prize picks offers projections on everything from MLB to the NHL playoffs to cricket. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Safe, fast withdrawals. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. Sign up, play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. Again, the promo code locked on if you want that instant match. If you're not playing prize picks, you don't know what you're missing. Um, all right, so we'll get to AD here in a second. Um, but I just I want to make sure we have enough time to talk about this on a, on a sort of you know last night of the season. You know the really disappointing. And this, I mean, I, I, I did not have a ton of confidence that the Lakers were going to win this series. I thought they could. Um, I didn't think they would. I just think Denver's really, really good. Uh, I did not. My think official pick was Lakers in seven, but I did not feel good about it. I went very back and forth. You and I both said before the series began we were having a hard time deciding. I could see this happening win. in a lot of ways. I did not think they were going to get swept. I thought this was going to be a six or seven game series. Oh, I absolutely thought that. This part is surprising to me. Um, but again, Lakers were in the in, in the final minute in three of these games, so it's not like they were just blown out of the water. No. Um, and I think, you know, you look at part of, I don't think you can explain this series away um, just on Denver being better. And a Denver is is a better team. There's just no question Denver. Denver had a starting lineup tonight uh, in game four on Monday night that, you know, you and I were talking about this, kind of looking at it. Um, you know, Rui Hachimura, who was in the starting lineup for the Lakers on Monday, it's one of Darvin Ham's big moves. Uh, Dennis Schroeder also in the starting lineup. Neither one of those guys would replace either starter, any starter, I think, on 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 the Nuggets. Um, and you can make an argument that Austin Reeves wouldn't either. Um, and so, you know, if one team has five, you know, five of the seven best players in a series where only 14 players are playing, they're going to be <laughs> at an advantage. And I think the other thing, Andy, is I just don't think you can. I don't think you can write off the amount of effort and energy it took for the Lakers to get to this point. The trade deadline was February 9th. It is May 22nd as we record this. The Lakers were essentially playing playoff basketball for three months more. Like that just wears on you. And you know, guys were getting hurt and all that other stuff. Denver didn't have to do that, and I just. Against any team, I think the Lakers would have had trouble making it through. This was one of the things I was concerned about at the beginning of the playoffs, um, and particularly against a team that's better for it. I, I, the, all in all, though, what do, you, what do you complain about with this run? Well, I mean, what you would complain about, or if not complain mm -hmm. about, lament heavily, mm -hmm. is you never know if this was the best shot could that be. LeBron and AD could have together. Yeah. So as much as you may feel good about the Western Conference Finals against the backdrop of 2-10 and 10 and a lot of the season feeling like it was setting up a future of what the F are we going to be doing moving forward? Do the Lakers even have a direction? Obviously, against that backdrop, it's great, but it doesn't change the fact that these opportunities, they're always rare, but they're even more rare when you're talking about a team that is built around a 38-year-old star 
and a star in his prime, but in Anthony Davis that's hurt a lot and has not firmly solidified himself as the guy that everything can be built around. Shows a lot of flashes of it, but has not firmly solidified it. Well, I mean, this series was a perfect example of that. Don't you agree? Like, you look at the final numbers, Andy, 27 and 14, but it wasn't a consistent four games where he was that guy. 27-14 looks good. Look, he had two of those four games were not good. He had a brilliant game one. Like, he had an absolutely brilliant game one. It took Nikola Jokic doing, like, memory serves pretty historic things in terms of numbers and stuff like that to top him. Game two, he was not particularly good. Game three, I thought he was good, not incredible. Game four, like you said, he was MIA for a lot of it until the end where he played really well, but it was too little, too late. Um, You know, Darvin Ham tried a lot of things in this game. You mentioned changing up the starting lineup, going with the best five players the Lakers have had in this series. But as we've talked about, the Lakers' best five players have not been close to as good as Denver's best five players. Um, He actually gave Jared Vanderbilt's minutes to Tristan Thompson, which I have to say, I I did not see that coming in a million years. It actually was fairly effective. Like, I I give... Well, I, well, it was something was it was different. It was like you yeah. know, if it's Vanderbilt, Denver has seen that they sure. they know what that is, and you know, like, do I think if you played this series a bunch of times, you could like get a lot of mileage out of Tristan Thompson? I do not, but as like a sort of surprise deployment for a different look, bring some out. It worked. It worked. No, and I mean, look, we've talked about this. I mean, in the show that we did for Monday about the flack that Darvin Ham was taking, you know, game one notwithstanding, where been very vocal vocal and repeatedly, I think he screwed up that game from the get-go and it was costly. I've been largely of the opinion that Darvin has been kind of out of adjustments during this series because not enough guys were playing well against a team that's just better than them. But, you know, this game, like, he, tri- yeah. he, tri- he tried to do some things but you're going to rem- i think in this particular game you're going to remember more about Anthony Davis not being there to match what LeBron did in this game with everything on the line than you will at least in my opinion what Darvin was essentially not able to you know pull out of his hat with rabbits well I my my basic opinion uh, in the whole like should they start Rui should they take D'Lo out of the starting lineup and I was like it's like fine unless I mean, they all ended, play well it doesn't matter right Russell ended up playing what it was like 15, 16 minutes so he played almost the same amount you know a few minutes less than he did you know in in game three um, which is what I figured he would do whether he started or not Hachimura played a lot of minutes I didn't think he played particularly well but that's okay a good playoffs um, he's not a player who you count on to be excellent every game you, you shouldn't at least my basic attitude was you could you can make that change i don't think it'll matter and right. if it you know if they'd managed to get out of this game uh, on monday i don't think that would have been the reason why um, i don't think the lineup switch would have been what did it um no it would have been a lineup lost switch game five. With, it would have been either the lineup switch with enough guys stepping up or 
LeBron pulls out the miracle of all right. miracles, which is unsustainable for game five. Or Denver, stays, or Denver stays as cold early in the third quarter as yeah. they were from three early, and they just said, you know what, let's pack it in. We'll go. Like, I, I just don't think it, I don't think any of these things really would have mattered. And so um, I just the AD question is going to be the one that gets really gets people thinking. And, and he this is the and we'll we'll cover it this week. We'll cover it next week. We'll cover it in june we'll cover it in july um because he's not going anywhere um and so but this is the this is the 80 question it's always close but then like there's just that last little bit and overall from the time especially when he came back from the injury through lebron's injury through the playoffs and whatever he was excellent but you know left a little wanting at the end and i get i mean this that that took a lot of energy out of him, like the carrying the team for that long. But these are the burdens on superstars. Yes, especially when LeBron is your other guy. Right. I mean, like it. It's it's not being unfair to Anthony Davis because this is a necessity. Like it's the it said this many times. It's the only way for this to work is if Anthony Davis is. I don't want to say capable of carrying a team the way LeBron used to, because like pretty much nobody in the history of basketball has been able to do that. But like, if he's not able to do it to say, let's just say like Dwayne Wade used to do it or the way like Kevin Garnett would often do it with no help whatsoever. Right. He would get the absolute best out of his teams. Like somewhere in between like Wade's success, Garnett's success, like someone like that, then it's not feasible with LeBron at this stage of his career. It's not even, it's not picking at Anthony Davis. It's, this is the practical, yes. ramic- the practical reality is what yeah. it is. And so we'll get to, we'll get to the everydayers, you know, we'll, we'll get to this. Um, I will say, and it's too early. I, I, I mean, I'm just men- mentally prepared, but it, you know, the, there's been so much discussion this week about D'Angelo Russell or Kyrie Irving. I actually think in a lot of ways it's I'm not we don't have to get into it, but that the Kyrie move really may be seen through the prism of Anthony Davis and what you think of him uh, and his ability to to do stuff and carry you through a postseason uh, more than like our choices him or D'Lo. Like it, it, it that's the framing that came to me uh, certainly on Monday. Uh, but overall, Andy, if you'd have told me. That the Lakers, you know, would finish the season in the Western Conference Finals, you know, say around Christmas, I'd have taken that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think it is, you know, not only was it a great run through this postseason, um, and one where you can look at it for me, I, all what you were saying before about the disappointment, the lack of, you don't know what's coming in the future, all of that's true, but. Um, I feel like Denver won the series. I don't feel like the Lakers gave this away. I don't feel like they just, they lost the better team won this series and the Lakers for the first time in a little while have a, have the ability to be good, like really good again, going into an off season with possibilities and potential. And whereas last season we were frightened because we had like, what are they going to do about Russ? 
This year, I think it is a total 180, and people have every reason to be optimistic and excited about what's coming this offseason and into the and into the fall. Yeah, last thing I just would want to say is there was a lot that went into this season, and there was a lot of unpleasantness leading to this point. And despite that, this channel, this show yep. grew dramatically in terms of audience, both listeners, the YouTube community. Um, you guys were there for us, with us, through a lot. Um, we hope that it was, in the end, worth your time and worth the ride. But thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so plenty. I hope you guys stick with us uh, through the off season. It is going to be interesting. There is no shortage of stuff to talk about. Um, uh, but this year we'll be doing it with a sense of optimism rather than terror, which is a nice change of pace. It's a lot more fun to talk about off seasons when you feel like you got something to look forward to. Lockdown Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show uh, and uh, hang out. Please subscribe. Please stick with us as we get into the off season. Thank you again, as Andy said, for all of your support. Uh, exit interviews, I think they'll crank them up pretty quickly, and uh, we'll bring you all that coverage. Um, and all right, get ready for the draft. There's a lot to look forward to, and uh, we'll see you all next time.